And I want to talk just for a couple of moments from the subject. Who will be at church next week? Who will be at church next week? Will anybody be in church next week, by the way? Okay, okay. But I want to answer that question. Who will be in church next week? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that this is the house of God. That your name is on it. Your eyes are upon it. And your heart is in it. I thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Number one, if you're taking notes today, the, the, who's going to be in church next week? Number one, God's people. God's people. Christians. People who have been saved. People who have been born again. People who are a part of the family of God. People who have had an encounter with Jesus Christ and have been now called a son and a daughter of the Most High God. God's people will gather. You know, I think we forget if you are a Christian and you always hang around Christians how powerful it is when Christians gather. Hello, somebody. Uh, you can get so into it that you forget that there is something very special very holy and very sacred about what we do every Sunday. There is, there is power in the room. There is a presence in the room. There is an anointing in the room. There is something amazing that happens when God's people gather together. I've been to about every concert, to every great uh, musical group and musical icon you could think of. I've been in incredible sporting arenas and in incredible um, different games and different matches and different things. And I love it and I love the excitement. But I tell you, there's something holy when God's people get together. There is something special when we worship. There is something special when what the Bible says, we open the book of God and the preacher reads God's word. And like it says in the Old Testament in the book of Ezra, and the people cry amen to God's word. There's something about it. It is not just hype. It is not just emotionalism, though it hits your emotions. It's not just goosebumps, though you might get goosebumps. It's not just a good feeling, though it's a good feeling. It is the very presence of God meeting with the people of God and there's something special about coming to church now listen go on vacation go enjoy your life have fun by the way you're here on a, on a holiday weekend so you're like the navy seals of Christianity your mansion in heaven just doubled come on somebody and so I love you and so does God more than the people who are at the beach right now what okay so anyway but I'll tell you I believe in vacation, and I believe in doing what you got to do on the weekends, but there is something special about giving God the first day of the week, the first part of the first day of the week. I thought Monday's the first day of the week. No, in the world, Monday's the first day of the week. That might be the first day of your work week, but the first day of the week is Sunday. And on Sunday, we gather, and we gather as a family, and we gather as a community, and we gather as friends, and we come together under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what we're saying. We're telling our family, God is first. We're telling the devil, God is first. We're telling God, God is first. We're telling our family hey we'll be at the game but first we go to God's house oh we can't we can't wait to go we can't wait to celebrate with you but first we're going to celebrate with God oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna go watch that football game oh yeah we're gonna go to the tailgate party whenever those start happening next year absolutely but before we go do other things first we make God's house a priority and God said my eyes are on my house my heart is in my house my name is on my house there is something special that happens when the people of God gather. Look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul said this, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. And some of you feel that way right now. 
You just can't seem to get rest. Whether you're sleeping four hours a night or 14 hours a night, it is, it is, Paul was not talking about sleep deprivation. He was saying, I'm weary, I'm tired, I'm hurting. He said, he said, I have not been able to find rest. I'm facing conflict from every direction. Some of you feel that way right now. You got conflict with your spouse, conflict with your kids. Even your dog is giving you attitude. Come on, somebody. He, he, he said in every direction. I mean, honestly, if one of my team members posted this on their Facebook post, I would say, delete your emo post. But this is the Apostle Paul. I mean, my goodness, he said, I'm facing it on every direction. He said there's conflicts and battles on the outside. And quite frankly, it's getting on the inside. I got fear on the inside. Oh, but I love this about God, verse 6. Oh, I love butts, especially in the Bible. I meant B-U-T, but's in the Bible. Look what it says, verse 6. But God. Oh, is any, can anyone have a testimony today of a but God moment in your life? Has anyone ever been there facing issues on every side, struggles on every side, conflicts all around, battles on the outside, fear on the inside, but God, I'm so grateful for but God moments in my life that changed my life. He said, but God who encourages those who are discouraged. He encouraged us, but, but look how we did it. He didn't do it through a prophetic word. He did not do it through the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, nor did he do it by him reading the Bible. He said, God encouraged me by the arrival of Titus. Titus doesn't arrive, Paul doesn't get encouraged. And maybe, friend, just maybe, the reason your arrival Sunday in and Sunday out, maybe it's important because maybe you're a Titus to a discouraged soul. Maybe it's your handshake. Maybe it's your smile. Maybe it's your hug. Maybe it's you finding someone who's walking out there and they don't know where, where to go and where is the auditorium and where are the kids' rooms. And it's you who says, hey, let me show you where to go. Hey, is it your first time? Hey, can I get you some coffee? Hey, how are you doing? Hey, do you need some prayer today? Maybe God's calling you to be a Titus, but if Titus doesn't arrive, this moment doesn't happen. If Titus doesn't show up, this verse doesn't happen. And friend, quite frankly, if we, the people of God, don't show up to the house of God, we don't get to have but God moments. He had to arrive. Listen, right now we're, we're making furniture at the church for all the different things that we're doing. We got Ikea and we got all kind of stuff. Ikea, by the way, in the Greek language is hell, 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 hell with an A. It's so bad. But we're putting together boxes, and you see this beautiful thing in the, in the store, and then it shows up, and it's a little box. And then it says, some assembly required. That's a lie. Can we tell the truth and shame the devil today? Come on. That's a lie, because it's a lot of assembly required. But friend, I got news for you. God's house, there's some assembly required. Now, now, I'm grateful that when you miss a Sunday, you got a podcast. I'm grateful that when you're on vacation, you can go on YouTube and watch it again. I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for technology. But, friend, the real life of the church, 
you got to arrive. You got to show up. There has to be some assembly required. But here's why. Because sometimes you're going to be an Apostle Paul and you're going to feel like you're in a battle and you're going to feel like there is conflict on the outside and there is fear on the inside. And what you need to do is you need to get into church because there will be a Titus waiting for you to encourage you. But other times you might be doing so good and you know what you need to do? You need to be a Titus. You need to be an encourager. You need to be a but God in someone's life that gives them hope and gives them courage and gives them joy and lets them know they're going to make it. I'm so grateful for a but God. I'm so grateful for that kind of testimony. We were going through hell, but God. I didn't think we could make it, but God. I was tired and weary, but God. I was at the end of my road, but God. We almost signed those divorce papers, but God. I I, I only had, I, I felt like I only had a little bit more money and I didn't know how we were going to pay the bills, but God. The depression seemed so great and the fog was so heavy and I never thought I would be able to break out, but God. My love for Jesus was growing cold and my passion was dying, but God sent me a Titus in the house of God and got me on through to the other side. Come on. We cannot do this alone. This is why small groups are so important because the testimony of small groups will be but God. I felt all alone in this city but God. I moved here, felt completely isolated, almost moved back to Kansas but God. I spent a whole year complaining. I just want to go back to Cali. But God. I see your Cali post. Oh, could we be a Titus kind of church? Could we be an encouraging church? That No matter what people are facing, you're going to make it because we're for you. Never against you. And we love you and you're going to make it in Jesus' name. Listen. God encouraged Paul through Titus. Look at this on the screen. Because most of what God does, he does through his people. Period. Something special happens when we gather. Look at this, Matthew 18. I also tell you this. If two or three of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together in my name, I am there among them. Is Jesus saying that it takes two or three people to get an answer to prayer? Of course not. But he is saying there's power when you gather. Is he saying he only is in our presence when there's two or three? Of course not. But he is saying there's something supernatural that takes place when we come into agreement. He's saying, he's saying, look, now you can encounter me privately and you should. You can pray to me privately and you should. You can read the word privately and you should. But then, but then what pours gasoline on the fire is when two or three come together in his name and his presence shows up in a supernatural, supercharged kind of way and it moves us forward. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 30 says this, one can chase a thousand Two, 10,000. Isn't that crazy? Not one can chase 1,000, two can chase 2,000. No, because God begins to multiply when we gather. 
God's power begins to compound when we, when we gather. Something special happens when the people of God gather. And I just want to build your faith that when you're going through hell, you don't run from his house. When you're on a mountaintop, you don't leave his house. Whenever you're busy, you still make time for his house. Whenever it feels like the last thing you want to do is see people, especially Christians, get into his house. And you walk in and you grumpy and you mad and you depressed and you struggling and there's a greeter with us on. Oh, how you doing? And you just want to punch the sign. Come on, somebody. Not the greeter, just the sign. But you get in God's house and the people of God begin to praise God and the people of God begin to clap and the people of God begin to shout and the, and the preacher of God begins to declare the word of the Lord. And before you know it, your soul is being lifted and your heart is being mended. And it's like supernatural energy hits your heart once again. And something in you goes, I can make it. I thought I was done, but... Number two, who's going to be here next week? The lost are going to be here. And I said the lost on purpose because I think, I think it's easy to maybe say people who are on a spiritual journey will be with us next week. People who are searching will be here. People who need a little bit of hope will be here. And all those people will be here too. But never forget something, friend. Jesus said this, Luke 19, 10. I've come. To seek and save the lost. I think that needs to sober us just a little bit. I think it should make us maybe just a little uncomfortable. Yes, it's good to be a little uncomfortable in church. Because I think sometimes we have to be reminded, oh yeah, life is short. Eternity is long. And we got a mission. And people need to hear the story of Jesus. And people need to hear the message of Jesus. And people need to experience the love and the power and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. People need to know God is not against them, but God is for them. People need to know that God is not rejecting anybody, but he is calling everybody. People need to know they can find a home in the house of God. People need to know the words of Jesus. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is like Jesus is not saying shoo go away to anybody but Jesus is saying come to me come to me come to me and by the way the last time I checked I've never seen a dead person that was searching the Bible says before we meet Christ we are deaf spiritually we are blind spiritually we are dumb spiritually we are dead spiritually and if you want a dead person to move you're gonna have to move them listen to me friend we got to invite people to church we got to bring people to church we got to beg people to come to church we got to send that awkward text make that awkward phone call that's why on every seat today we have these invitations that say you are invited not some are invited not you are tolerated. We'll deal with you till you clean your life up. Not you can come if you look like this or act like this or sound like this or, or make this amount of money or do this or have this. No, no, no. You're invited. Who's you? You. Who's you? Anybody. Who's you? Everybody. Who's you? Anybody who would come, come. Because Jesus is calling every person to himself saying, if you're tired, if you're broken, if you, if you know you need a second chance, 
If you know you need a new beginning, if you know you need grace, you come to me. And I will not turn anybody away. You are invited. But friend, I got news for you. Jesus already said it. He ain't going to say it again. Now we got to say it. So you go to your coworker and say, would you come to church with me next week? We got service times at 9 o'clock, 10, 15, 11, 45, whatever works for you. Well, I get off work at this time and I might be late. That's okay. I'm late every week. Come on, just come with me. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Just come. Are they going to look at me weird? No. Are, are they going to judge me? No. Are they going to know what I'm into? No. Are they going to care? No, they're going to love you because you're invited just like you are. Jesus loves you just the way you are. And friend, I pray that we never just become a glorified Christian country club for the spiritually elite that know how to shout right, sing right, talk right, amen right. And, and we got our big Bibles and I cannot lie. We got, and we, and we know all the words to the song because we've been listening to the playlist. I'm glad for everything that we do to resource you. But friend, there's nothing like having a church that is welcome to all people. I want people to be in God's house that have never been in church, that have never experienced church, that don't know anything about Jesus or his grace, and they get to hear the message of Jesus. Look what Jesus said in the book of John, um, chapter 9. He said this, as long as it is day. What is day? Day is life. Here's what Jesus is saying. As long as you're alive, you do the work of him who sent me. Because night's coming. What is night? Night is death. He's saying as long as you're alive, you do the work of God. Because one day you'll die. I'm never going to die. Okay. Well, you'll be the first. But for the rest of us, and whether, whether we have a short life or whether we live a long life, it is nothing compared to eternity. You know, this week I had a friend who lost a brother tragically in his 40s. And he died young, and it was tragic. But I have another friend who lost his mother in her 90s. She lived a really long and glorious life. But either way, it's nothing compared to eternity. So as long as it's day, we got to do the work of God. As long as it's day, this just shouldn't be our church, but it should be everyone's church. As long as it is day, we should never come to the house of God without at least inviting one person. It doesn't mean they're always going to come. It doesn't mean that every week you can bring someone new. But it does mean that you are constantly inviting and thinking about the fact that this church is not just for Christians, but it's for humans and it's for everyone because everyone should be able to hear the message of Jesus Christ. Look what Leonard Ravenhill said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the life time of the opportunity. Friend, we got an opportunity. We got the opportunity to tell the story of Jesus. We have the opportunity to tell our testimony. We have the opportunity to invite our friends and our family. That's why we do what we do, friend. I, I just want you to know last week's offering, last week's offering was not about paying for chairs or carpet or paint or redoing bathrooms though we did all of that. 
We did last week because of the people that would walk on that carpet. We did that for the people who would use the restrooms. We did that for the people who would sit on those chairs. We did, we're, we're, we're doing some updates to our AVL for the people that will hear the worship and will hear the preaching. We're, we're, we're doing incredible things for the kids' ministry, for the little children that are going to walk in, and they're going to be blown away by the love and the presence of Jesus. We didn't do it for the stuff. We did it for the people that will come. And I want people who have never been in church to walk in and go, this is beautiful. This is magnificent. This is excellent. I feel safe. I feel safe with my kids over there because those kids workers don't just look like <laughs> creepy camp counselors. I feel, I feel good about them being in there. And, I, and they got my phone number and they can text me if there's an issue. This is incredible because most people don't think of church that way. See, we, we do church on a really high level so you're used to it but there are so many people and they're going to walk in and go oh my gosh this music is amazing who are those girls up there singing like Beyonce my goodness gracious this is fantastic who's the rock band playing behind them what are those street musicians no they're worshipers who's the communicator is he a comedian no but thank you for the compliment and we do all that we do. And they're going to sit on those comfy chairs that have padding. And they're going to go, oh, this feels great. And we do all of that. And we do all. And, and I just, I've got to be honest with you. We don't do it for you. You're a Christian. You should know, but you should go to church. If you got to go to church in an old run-down basement, we do it for the lost. We do it for people who have never heard the story. And we get to tell them the story in a beautiful, excellent environment where, where our presentation is not a distraction to the most glorious message. And if you're in this room today and you say, Jabin, I've never met Jesus. I, I've never heard this story. I've never heard this gospel. This is your day, friend. Today you can receive forgiveness of sin. Today you can have a new life. Today you can receive a new beginning. Today can become the first day of the rest of your life. Jesus said you can be born again. What does that mean? That means you get a second chance, baby. That means you get a new beginning. That means that you don't have to live how you've always lived, but now you can walk in new life in Christ. Why? Because he loves you so much. And we've done this whole thing so that you could hear that story. But number three as the team comes. Who's going to be there next week? Number three, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is going to be in church next week at 8755 West Warm Springs on the corner of Warm Springs and Durango, right behind the Buffalo Wild Wings. Praise the Lord. I said Jesus is going to be there. I said something powerful happens when the people of God gather and we begin to worship and we begin to praise and we begin to open up this book and all of a sudden the presence of the Holy Spirit begins to fall like rain and there is something powerful about it. There is something holy about it. There is something supernatural about it because God said, God said, hear me, God said, God said my name will always be there. But there was a temple that got destroyed in war. There was a second temple that got destroyed in 70 AD by Rome. So there, God wasn't talking about 
there. He was talking about here. God was saying every time the people of God gather. And it might be in a secret room in a communist nation as three or four Christians get together and they open up the book. And it might be in a beautiful cathedral with stained glass windows. And it might be in a middle school cafeteria, cafeteria, whatever it's called, on the west side of town in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it might be in our new building that we're about to move into. But Jesus said this every time you gather, I promise you I will show up. Because though the name on the building might say City Light, God said, I put my name on it. God said, my eyes will always be on it. And my heart will always be on it. Listen, friend, if you want to pull on the heartstrings of God, you get in God's house because God's there. If you want to get the attention of God, you get in God's house because his eyes are there. And by the way, this is God's house. It is not your house and it is not my house. It is God's house. It is holy. It is awesome. And it is beautiful. And God said, in my house, angels will ascend and angels will descend. In my house, my glory will fill the temple. In my house, I will hear your prayer in my house the worship will go up and the presence will come down and I've just got news for you this is God's house this is his home and we get to dwell with God and say like David better is one day in your courts than a thousand days anywhere else because when I get in God's house I find strength when I get in God's house I find hope when I get in God's house I find healing when I get in God's house, I find I'm going to preach till somebody rejoices. When I get in God's house, I get vision. When I get in God's house, I hear a word from heaven. When I get in God's house, I find out that there is still hope for me. This is the house of the Lord. And his name is on it. Everyone's standing. This is not a Jabin Chavez show. This is not a City Light worship musical hour. This is God's house where we create a whole environment just to say, this is all for you, God. So we work really hard and we care a lot about it because it's his house. We're just, we're just kind of renting it. We're just kind of, but it's his house. I don't know if you've ever stayed at someone's house and you're on your best behavior. It's God's house. It's God's house. 